0: Yes, coming in hot with episode 55 of the Football Played on Paper podcast, I'm Sean and I'm joined by Jobber. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Sean. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. And um, against all of the blog's wishes, um, Barney is joining us again. How are you, Barney? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me back again. Uh, no worries. Job, do, do you want to read your favorite um, review of Barney's performance out <laughs> from uh, the Reddit thread?
1: I got, I got one in here said, "Asking me, um, is he a robot? No, no man could be that boring. I thought that was harsh, oh. um, but that was that was his auntie. So, <laughs> do, you, do you find anything in those Reddit stream short about him?
0: Um, yeah, just along those lines, really. About um, how does one person have no personality? Um, yeah, and um, any type of insight would be good. Was another um, another thread. Bunny in response to any
2: of those, or you take those on the uh, chin? Uh, I th- I thought this was all going to be strictly confidential until my KPI review, uh, <laughs> I guess we're uh, airing our dirty laundry now. Uh, good, no, good, news, good, news is,
1: good news is we've got a strong following in Lithuania now, which I didn't know um, about before. So congratulations for bringing them on board.
2: What about all my friends from the internet cafe in Burkina Faso? They've been haven't the- they? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Let's get on. What's the the flavour of the pod, Jordan?
2: Sorry, flavour
0: of the pod. Um, So we've got the Carabao Cup final, and yes, that is a trophy still. um, To cover EPL review, Champions League preview, and then oh, what's on here? Europa League for some reason again has made the um, preview as well. But bloody hell, stat card. So. uh, Let's get into it, job Weekly happenings. Let's go. All
1: right. It's been a big week this week. So the specter of Super League has uh, fallen to shadows, except for one man who's really pushing it hard this week. So Florentino Perez, he, he, he refuses to give in, doesn't he? Have you any of you boys seen him this week?
0: Uh, well, what's he come up with this week? He had a new idea. Oh, no, he said it's not dead. It's on hold or something. Oh, yeah, the new.
1: contracts are binding. So I know you're a fan of the Super League, Barney. Have you heard Perez? Like You two are pretty close, are you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, he's a complete tosser, but uh, but no, yeah, he, he really doesn't want to let this die, does he? And he just cannot cannot give in to uh, to losing. So yeah, it, it's all on hold. They're all binding, and apparently all the Premier League teams are stuffed because he's going to hold rake him over the coals until uh, they're back in it.
1: Yeah, and I hope I hope um, Real Madrid's financial problems go away because I think that'd do a real favour for him. But the question on my list now is: Who wants to win La Liga? Have you always kept an eye on this one over the weekend? Real Madrid and Atletico be... and Madrid both dropped points, and Barca were the only one who won.
0: Yeah, I've taken my eye off um, La Liga actually, but yeah, now you brought this up, this is looking rather tasty. So um, Barca still have a game in hand too, um, but Atletico on top. Um, Kieran Trippier's boys. Um, looking pretty good, but you just can't go past Real Madrid, can you? I like, and I think they've got a couple of injuries at the moment. So I think when they get those key players back, I'd see them winning. What do you think,
2: What about the what about the uh, the dark horse in Sevilla, though? What do, you, what do you reckon their chances are? I mean, they're they're top of the form table. They've snuck in there with their own seventy points, so they're three behind Atletico. Um, yeah, you know, they're very much the informed team.
1: Barney, I I just can't. So how we have got the three Super League teams up top? Who's Sevilla? I'm not familiar with them. I didn't realize the table existed below Barcelona. There,
2: yeah, they're all they're all in mourning now. <laughs> the ESL dead. I would actually, si-
1: I would genuinely love it if they did get up just as a big sort of oh, so stuffy to Perez. Yeah. Um. But no, look, it looks like an exciting fish. I'm gonna back Atletico because of the size of Diego Simeone's kahunas. Um. And then going over to France, PSG. Pochettino's butchered it just like he butchered Spurs. Sam. Leal are up by a point.
2: Lay off him. He's going to uh, get it, get us one back over City during the week. So he's just lay off, lay off Potch. But, yeah, again, a very tight title race there. I think there's three points between the top three there mm. possibly. Yeah, extremely but tight.
0: Did they rest players um, for the, the class during the week potentially?
1: No, no, they, they were PSG. PSG are putting along. They were full, relatively full strength. Um, they got a couple of injuries and a couple of outs, but um, we'll get to that later. But now, Leo came back from two nil down, actually, to pinch the points. Uh, your boy Yilmaz, Sean, popped home a lovely freak. You can get a chance to have a look. Um, big news in Premier League, but so the Premier League Hall of Fame uh, has started coming out. Very Americanized concept, which I'm not a huge fan of. But one um, of your childhood heroes got on there, Sean. Jamie Red- uh, Alan Shearer. <laughs>
0: Al Super Al Super Alan Shearer, um, yeah, deserved to to get in there. Um, anyone else on the list there?
1: Uh, Thierry Henry, I believe it's pronounced in French.
0: Never <laughs> heard of her.
1: <laughs> what do you make of a Sam? You, you were screaming out for um, Ledley King to be the first one, but it was a bit surprising.
2: Yeah, it's weird. He wasn't the first one inducted into the Hall of Fame. There, you know, you'd think he'd be top of the list, even though he wasn't in the. Uh, in the inauguration of the Premier League, but yeah, Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, very much deserved, I think. Surprised Cantona didn't get a maybe a little mention there.
1: Oh, he's got he's yeah. got a pretty awful disciplinary record, I'd say. And,
2: and I think
0: yeah, one thing about Cantona is that um, like his story is bigger than his stats. Like if you drill down to his stats, he actually retired really early, didn't score a heap of goals. Um, but I suppose he just had a big presence there for a while. Job, yeah, the, job sorry, sorry, Bun. Job, were you devastated that um, Gravison? didn't get voted in. I know you voted for him heavily.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually voted for him for his poker playing. Um, No, look, I I, I agree with you about Cantona because I think it's a bit of the Zidane specter as well as like the specter they had over games is actually a lot better than when you look back. Zidane had a lot of fairly average games throughout his career that people tend to forget. But um, like they they were just such a big presence when they were out there. Yeah. But look, I'm going to segue into um, the last one. So it was nice to see fans back in the stadium for the Carabao Cup final, wasn't it? Even if they only were on one side of the pitch.
0: Yeah. How many fans did they have? Like uh, 18,000 or something like that, I think it was. Yeah, I
1: think so. so it was a, I think it was a club record for City. Um,
0: <laughs> there it is. Barney <laughs> gave me a timestamp whether was six minutes yeah. 30 and I
1: uh, just first shot five. Um, no, so I think it was 18,000, but they were all on like one side and separated. But it, it made such a difference to the viewing. Like, it just felt so much better, didn't it?
2: It was genuinely unusual to see fans, actual fans behind the crowd, not just like a heavy administrative presence from one team in the crowd. It was, uh, yeah, very nice. You could see all the people who were genuine fans of either team, were all the ones standing and in the blocks next to them, all the the, uh, bandwagon fans who were uh, all sitting down, not standing up, not cheering or anything. But no, it, was, it was good to see. Uh, look,
1: looked like it's an open question. We've dragged on with this a bit. But so, I want some answers, boys. So, Spurs have lost the Carabao Cup. Get a timestamp on that one. It wouldn't take me long to mention that one either. Um, and the spectre of Jose loomed large as Ryan Mason was clearly out of his depth going head to head with Pep. So, what's next for the special one? Sean, I'll pass to you first.
0: Yeah, so I'd, obviously, we can't get. Another um, job in the big six. Like, he's been at Manchester United, he's been at Chelsea twice, he won't go back. Obviously, Spurs have moved him on, so therefore, like, he's not going to get a look in at, at Arsenal. Um, Man City wouldn't have him because he's been at Menu. So, like, the big six teams that you'd think of at, in England, he's not going to get a, a ticket there, really. So, I'm probably thinking um, Celtic, he could go out there, or, or PSG, I think, is another job that he might wait on. So, I think they're both jobs that he could get, but I think if he's going to go back to the um, Prem, yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be outside the top six and therefore is he, does he have a, like an ego small enough to be able to take on another team? So, yeah, I, I probably think he's um, he's on the continent or to Celtic. What do you think?
1: Barney, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. I think he's um, he's not going to get a big job in England again. Um, I could see him moving elsewhere. He was linked already with uh, Valencia um, and I could see him moving somewhere like Valencia, maybe Napoli, like one of those sort of similar to Tottenham sort of level teams in uh, in uh, other leagues. But um, I think he's better off actually like having some time off and waiting because it's sort of – Then the allure of Mourinho sort of rises again. And I think he's sort of, it it makes, it's better for him because he'll he'll actually be able to get a better job. Then if he goes for one now, he'll sort of, everyone's like, oh, he just got sacked by Tottenham. They were seventh. They were pretty piss poor the way they played. Like, you know, he's better off waiting, I reckon. I
0: I think he, I I agree. I think if he waits, I think his stock goes up. I'd probably agree with that. But um, he did come out and say that he doesn't need any type of rest. He's ready to go. He's refreshed, though. I don't yeah, know. Look, it seems I, like he wants I, to jump back into
1: it. I think also. he's going to take a year off. Um, have you boys ever been to Japan? Yeah, Sean.
0: Couldn't you? You know,
1: you know, <laughs> you know those guys who go to the train station, is really busy and push people onto trains.
0: <laughs> Jose, I
1: can actually do that. think I actually think Jose is going to take a year off and do that. Um, I've I've been to Shinjuku Station and it is absolute chaos at peak out too. So I think mm. Jose would really suit that role. Just getting in close to that door as it gets busy and just sort of pushing people onto trains because you know he loves to push. Um, yeah. like physically and so well, I think he's going to take a year off and go and do that. I don't do think, think he'll get a good job again.
0: Do you think the I white, white gloves, think... gloves will suit him, though, for that role? You know how uh, the guy works as well.
1: I think, I think for a while he can spin anything, but then everyone will catch on and be like, oh, actually, say those white gloves look shit and you're bad at this job.
2: <laughs> I heard he was uh, looking at one of the Usher jobs at the Tokyo Olympics. So... <laughs> There's plenty going.
1: <laughs> Slipping a manager at halftime. All right, so let's move on. So we start with the uh, Caribbean Cup final. So Barney, talk me through this one from your perspective.
2: I don't know if you guys are both across this, but Man City are a pretty good team. Mm. Just quietly. Uh, they were extremely good and looked absolutely raring to go and were very much up for the final. Um, you know, they were constantly pressuring Tottenham um, you know, their movement with and without the ball is exceptional. Um, and they're basically always forcing us to, you know, we'd knock like two or three passes around the back line and then we just have to lob it long to get it out because we're about to lose the ball. Um, you know, I think just the better team definitely won, um, which is disappointing, but... You know, there were some some bright spots in there for Tottenham. I know Josh is going to absolutely oh God, destroy them. me
1: what they are. <laughs> I'm really interested cause I want to balance out your comments with the fact that Spurs were absolutely shit.
2: I agree. We're pretty bad. What was the, but, what
1: was uh, the bright spots for
2: Spurs? I think the centre-backs were very good and Loris was very good as well. Made some good saves, yeah. Comparatively to the rest of the team, they were, they were very good. Uh, the full-backs were absolutely under the cosh constantly and Reguilon was pretty awful. Um, Aurier, surprisingly wasn't the worst fullback out there, so that was good. Good for him. You he got off work. though, which is unusual. Yeah, that was that was uh, pushing on at the end, I think. There, but um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great game for Tottenham. Kane looked like half the player he is. He looked like his his glass ankles were really holding him back. Mm, he wasn't, ready. Um, and yeah. nah, nah, it was like the Champions, Champions League, League final. He looked the same. Yeah, yeah, and then the whole forward line was pretty pretty average. Like Moira was. Working hard but not getting much done. And Son was at barely any opportunity. So, yeah, it was pretty poor from Tottenham.
1: What do you think, Go Sean? Ball. Pretty, pretty, ball. Happy with,
0: um, pretty happy with the Spurs boys' performance?
2: Not really. I mean, it's a bit underwhelming. Son took it well,
0: though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: upset because – I know I'm being genuine here. Do you think he lost because – he was upset because they lost or he was upset because he was so bad?
0: No, I I think he was upset that they lost and I think that potentially he knows something that that we don't in that, you know, this Spurs team, um, the way it's set up now could be, you know, picked apart really. Like if Kane moves on, um, he thinks um, Son would move on too. So potentially he sort of sees something that that we're not yet aware of in that they'll probably break this team up um, pretty shortly, I would think. So, yeah, no, a couple of things for me. Obviously, um, Man City were just much better. I think they looked like they were going to win... This game pretty much right from the start. I, I question what Ryan Mason did in this game that you wouldn't have got a better version of, or at least the same as um, if you kept Mourinho in there. Like look at the team he picked. Like th- those four were, were Mourinho's starting four essentially. I know Oreo came in and out every now and then. The the midfield three was um, pretty much the same. I know um, Winks was injured. But he, he was picked um, when he was fit, and the front three was, has always been the front three, and he didn't start Bale. So, like, what's Ryan Mason done or picked um, or changed um, since getting rid of Jose? I can't really see anything. They still played four three three, and they still pretty much played the pick the same players. So
1: it's a, it seems insane to think that he like this is such a Spurs thing to do to give a manager a free hit in a cup final.
0: Yeah,
1: like that's that's just ridiculous.
0: But I go back to my point last week that if there's if there's a one-off game um, and you want to get a result from, I think Jose's still one of the best managers around um, yeah. to, to go and get you that one-off victory. And you know that his style, like you're going to hand over possession to Man City, they're going to have more of the ball. So the style of Jose um, would have worked just fine to tuck everyone in, keep it tight, and then he could he's good enough to pinch a goal or get something for them. But, if- I mean, even the team that Man City picked, they didn't even pick a striker. They made Phil Foden up front.
1: But if, if you're going head to head with Pep Guardiola in a cup final, and I asked you to name three managers in world football you wanted in the dugout for that game, I guarantee one of them's going to be Mourinho.
0: Oh, definitely, one hundred percent.
1: Absolutely ridiculous, Barney. Yeah, your, your club's going nowhere fast, and I think Sean, I think Sean's right. They're going to split it up, but I think there's a bunch of players in there too who are who are not as good as they think they are.
0: So let's say put yourself in I don't know. um, Barca, Real, Manu, Man City's shoes. You go to look at the Spurs team. Who are you taking? Son and Kane. Is that it?
1: I I would have a. I'd go Son, Kane, and Hoiberg would be the only three. I like I like Hoiberg for a role.
0: Yeah. Okay. Barney, would you pick a couple out of there or not really?
2: Yeah, I could see. I could. Yeah, I definitely Son and Kane. Um, I could see. Yeah, Hoiberg going to one of them possibly or even end on Bele because yeah. he is he is like when you look at him like he's purely from a skill level, he's like unbelievable. Mm. But like obviously his his fitness is a bit of an issue, but I think a big club would take a pun on him for sure. I mean, Bayern were really interested in him before he had a bit of a resurgence on the Mourinho. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I can't Lawrence? really see any other clubs. I mean, he's a bit old now. Maybe he's like a second, a good, a good like backup keeper. But I couldn't see Back him going people. to like. <laughs> wow, that is <laughs> offensive the to the World Cup <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, if you're, if you, yeah, but if you're talking a about the captain
0: of France who's just won a World Cup, and like, I, he's not that old, and especially for a keeper, he's not
2: that old. Yeah, but you're talking about the big fight, like the like some big clubs. United, yeah, he get a starting gig every day of the <laughs> we week.
1: Three keepers
2: better than him. <laughs> oh, get up his, get off him. But, no, I, I, yeah, but, like, in terms of, like, Barcelona, I think he's probably not going to take the Stegen's spot. You know, Real Madrid, probably not Courtois. Like, you know, he's not going to knock out those PSG, sort of keepers, But, yeah. Man, yeah, PSG possibly. Oh, Kevin Navas is pretty good, mm-hmm. I reckon. He's been underrated. But did you see a little – there was a nice little stat that uh, Sky put out just to really rub it in Tottenham's faces, the manager head-to-head. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Guardiola, 694 games, including today. <laughs> Mason two <laughs> wins 517. Mason one cup <laughs> major trophies yeah. 25 now zero for Mason. So, yeah, just to just to rub it in a bit more, it's a sad story, you think, uh, of
0: job. You haven't really had a run at this game, but it, did you find anything different than Bunny and I have already mentioned?
1: No, I think I was just more militant towards the opposite side. I thought Spurs were absolutely terrible. And I think I feel like it's not like City were good, but like it's not surprising. You know they're going to be good. You know how they're going to play. But they Tottenham looked bad, and I also didn't like their application either. I didn't think they could make up for the fact that there was such a big difference in quality when they need to try
2: harder, and they just didn't. But do you think City also made them worse as well? No, it wasn't just.
1: No, I think you have like you have to accept these things that they're like City are going to be very good, and City played well. But, like, Tottenham just offered nothing. Like that was such a – and it's a cup final. Like, take some sort – if you can't do the Jose thing, take some sort of risk and give give me something to support you. Yeah. But they just gave – they gave absolutely nothing. Was I, was really so the, I was so annoyed at the
2: – I was so annoyed at the uh, defending for the goal.
1: Yeah, the only, the, was the, only other thing, the only other thing I wanted to touch on was um, how good was it? There's 18,000 fans in the stadium. Laporte goes up, lashes the head home, and then goes the other way. Yeah. Runs, to the wrong side. <laughs> Runs to the empty side. What a little slug. John Stones wouldn't do that, Sean.
0: No way. England's Rose. All right. I've had enough of the EFL Cup. <laughs>
1: All right, that's, a, that's the Carabao Cup for this year. Um, well done, City. All right, so let's move on. So let's get into the Premier League. So the Premier League kicked off this weekend with Arsenal 0, Everton 1, some world-class defending from Granite Xhaka, and then um, Bert Leno had his way with it. What did you make of this game, Sean?
0: Uh, as soon as I saw Nketiah up front for Arsenal, I dumped a whole bunch of cash on Everton and, um, yeah, it came through. Like Arsenal were just so bad and it was I was so happy to see them lose, especially after this um, Super League stuff that they hide or the cheek of them to think that they could be included in there. It's just unbelievable. They're down into like ninth or tenth at the moment. But, anyway, that's enough on Arsenal because yeah. they were trash, apart from um, Xhaka. But, like, he obviously he was out of... Um, like positioning wasn't great for when the ball got delivered over um, to Richarlison. I think it was um, like he was a bit out of, out of sorts there. But then, yeah, the defending that followed was um, was terrible. But he is playing at left back, which is obviously out of position for him. So yeah, I do have some sort of you know some sort of uh, sympathy for him in that. But one thing I've got a problem with about Richarlison too, actually, is that. He goes to cross that ball in, right? I don't think that's a shot. We can all agree that. And it hits Bert Leno's back leg and sort of trickles in, obviously an own goal. How's the cheek to go over and celebrate and start dancing on the corner flag?
1: That's not for an own goal,
0: goal. Is it- Oh, jeez, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, not I, 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 I,
1: I would celebrate <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you would, but I mean, Retallickson's got some goals, mate. He, he doesn't need to be doing that, but so I lost a bit of respect for him. But yeah, anyway. So shortly, I think that um, I was happy to see Arsenal lose, and I just they just didn't have anything going forward. They didn't really look that dangerous, um, to be honest. I thought Everton were good value for the points, um, but weren't stellar either. What do you guys think?
1: Barn, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, look, love seeing Arsenal lose like that. Fully deserved. Especially after that ESL fiasco during the week, Tottenham would never do something like that. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, like you can you can get away with Jacker at left back like that if your keeper doesn't make mistakes like that. <laughs> you can get away when you got Jacker at left back and getting chipped as he did, and then yeah, and Leno making that bigger mistake. You got you got no chance of beating Everton. So yeah, no, I, I was good to see Everton win. Good to see Arsenal lose. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a bit more of a discussion on this uh, VAR controversy. What did you,
1: what did you think of Savio's <laughs> penalty? Oh, penalty claim. What did you boys make of that?
2: Piss week, like the rest oh, of
1: them. Oh, shocking! Wasn't it? It was such. It was so distasteful. I'm so glad <laughs> oh. he was called offside. So like he gets. The, we need to get like some sort of scientist in the VAR box as well to judge like force.
0: Yeah, because that's what we need, more people in the VAR box, yeah. <laughs>
1: More people, longer decision-making. Because, like, he, he, there's, no, there's absolutely no way that, like, that could make him go down the way he did. And I, and I know as a Manchester United fan, we've probably got the rub of the green more than once. But, my God, Danny Sobos, you are taking the absolute piss, more so than the Super League people. That was a disgrace. Yeah.
0: No, that was a disgrace. Well, I think um, Ian Wright was on comms on the game that um, I was streaming, and... And, yeah, he, he sort of said, which is what I think someone sent – I think, Job, you sent to me to say that, like, you can have contact in the box and it still not be a penalty. At the end of the day, it's a it's a contact sport and there's just not enough contact there for him to go down. And Ian Wright was – yeah, he was a bit embarrassed by that. He just said he was straight out cheating and he should have been um, – should have been booked for that and, and should have been embarrassed. Um, but I also want to – Touch on the Xhaka playing at left back, so they've got Ballerine on the bench. So why wouldn't you just play Ballerine at um,
2: left back? Have you have you seen him at right back this year? Yeah, so I know. Have you seen
0: Xhaka at <laughs> left back this year?
2: Like I'd probably least, go with Xhaka. <laughs> At least he's playing in his natural position.
0: Just like obviously everything's inverted, he's on the other side. But yeah, I just I think they should have gone for um, Ballerine on there, and well, it turned out to be correct.
1: Is actually Cole still playing? I, I'd trust that it's 45-year-old Ashley Cole ahead of those two boys. Yeah, was, what, what,
2: what, what, what about playing Saka at left-back where he used to play and then having William on the left wing? And yeah, yeah, like no, but way.
1: then you've got nothing up top at all.
2: Yeah, but they you – know, you
0: got, got Eddie up top, mate.
1: Past Eddie. <laughs> all right, let's move on. So we can bag Arsenal all day, and we have in previous weeks, but I'm not going to do that today. So Arsenal let's move on. Arsenal down to, to 10th, to Everton to 8th, could catch Liverpool if they win their game in hand almost sneak into fourth spot if everything went their way. But we'll get on that later. So let's move on. Liverpool one, Newcastle one. Bit to unpack here. But uh, Mo Money, Mo Salah with touch and the goal, Sean. What would you make of that?
0: Wow. What a first touch and what a finish. It's just so impressive. That that coming over the shoulder, like that's hard to bring down. Technically, that, that's um, very hard to do. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Matt Ritchie trying to still work out where the hell the ball was when Mo pulled out the sky and belted into the top corner, and then Matt Ritchie sort of looking around, and going, "What? What? Where is the ball? Is it still up in the air?" So yeah, hell of a finish. Um, and I mean, they just had so many chances. At Liverpool, didn't they?
1: This was the most unjust one all I've seen in some time. <laughs> like they were just mm. absolutely. There they they was were such a golfing. We're talking like City Spurs golfing class here. Like it was
2: big. Oh hey. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, did no. happen- it this morning, mate? Calm down. I agree with that. I, I really enjoyed
0: Thiago's game. I thought he was absolutely pulling the strings. He was just basically getting on the ball and just picking out the passes um, that he wanted. Just some of his touches are just so slick. Like he's just an absolute Rolls Royce. He was just spraying balls around, just basically doing what he pleases. Um, but, yeah, if you don't take your chances, I think that, that type of thing happens. Uh, like um, – the the game should have been dead and buried in the first half, and um, especially when they got the goal in the third minute, it should have been should have been done. But then, yeah, we f- sort of fast forward to the to the 90th minute. In between that, Liverpool missed 10 or 15 chances, and um, and Newcastle get their goal back, which then gets disallowed.
1: Oh, that was so great! Like I know Newcastle didn't deserve a point. Newcastle didn't deserve anything from that game, but that's a goal. Like what what can Callum Wilson do differently? Yeah, Like, the the ball hits him. He doesn't, like, I think if he'd gone sort of a couple of centimetres either side, I'd be like, yeah, right, he's chicken winged it over. Um, But, like, he just can't do anything about that. And I think we're we're losing our minds here trying to figure out what's handball and what's not. That is not a
0: handball. That's not a handball. It's hitting from, like, a yard away. And it's as you say, they're looking for reasons to rule out goals as opposed to just letting the game flow. They're like, oh, we'll we'll have a look at this goal and see if we can find anything wrong with it. Like, that's the type of like mentality they're going to he
2: actually he actually tucked his arm in to try and get it closer to his body when he was coming into the ball as he sort of lost the the ball he's like oh tuck it in some arms are close I can't call handball gets hit like in like the elbow and even upper arm bit and then gets caught I couldn't believe it when it was handball but did you see we could touch on it later in the Chelsea game as for the quarter had a worse handball and they didn't give it
1: yeah, we'll get he's we'll brought, get there, Sam. Can you just follow the, can you follow the running order, please? This is one of your criticisms yeah. on. <laughs> he's, he's on
0: probation as well, this guy.
1: Just going off on of a bloody tangent. we haven't even got to Joe Willock. He, Joe Willock's got three bloody equalisers/slash winners in the last three weeks, mate. If you want a clutch player, you're looking at Joe Willock.
2: Well, when you go with that Brucey style of play as well, that is absolutely Brucey's bread and butter. That goal, just lob it high, watch it fly, <laughs> knock down header, and a huge deflection finish. That is that is Brucey to at. reckon he was barring up in his just thinking about that.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> I think, to be fair to Brucey, I think he was brave with his substitutes. Like he he subbed on uh, Willick, Gale, and Calvin Wilson. Like there was three subs that he he pulled the trigger on. So. Yeah, I thought he was brave enough to try and track something down and get something out of the game. And as I said, if Liverpool don't put their chances away, then, yeah, that's what happens, especially when teams down that end of the table at the moment are scrapping for absolutely everything. And, yeah, I I was happy to see them get a point, to be honest.
1: That was the exact word I was going to say when you were closing there. They just scrapped Newcastle. That was such an ugly-ass finish to that game, but they were up for the scrap. And I think credit to them to get the point. So, So important. Yep, so Newcastle point, yeah. up to 36. They're now nine points above Fulham with five games to go in the season. You'd have to think they're safe. Brucey's done it again. Um, Liverpool stay in sixth, uh, 54 points, four points behind Chelsea. That's an important result because now it's a game in a bit um, behind mm-hmm. Chelsea. So that yeah. that really hurts coming into this run especially with the form they're in. Um, last question on this game, and I, it's going to be over a couple of weeks. Do you boys think that Kloppo is going to split up the uh, big three in the summer.
0: Yeah, I think he will. And I'm still wrestling with um, which one goes. I think it'll be um, between Mo and um, Mane, really. I think Firmino's safe, Jota's safe. Yeah. What do you think?
2: Barney, what do you reckon? I I think Salome go. Yeah, I think. Because I, 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 you, if you like look at the front three, it's like, I think he loves um, Bobby because he links the plays so much and he's so useful to them even though he doesn't always get the goals. But he's like really good for the team. Mane is just a solid worker up and back and he can, yeah, as you can see last year, he can be very good on the goals. And I think Salah is, and I know a few Liverpool supporters who also think they're saying that they should get rid of Salah because even though he gets all the goals, he also misses a hell of a lot of chances and he's probably got highest value out of those three yeah like he'll go for the key. most yeah yeah so it he, he can actually get, get a bit get a bit back for him and yeah i think it's probably the best decision for the team and you got jota who can slide in straight away and make it almost just as just as strong um as it was what
0: what do you think job give me one that you definitely keep and then one that you would probably put out to to sell and don't pick Mane because that hairline's all the way back there
1: no, no, so Mane, Mane staying. I would never let Mane go. Mane, I think he's the best of them by far. I would take Mane. If he, if he was up for sale, I'd take him. So what I think is Firmino stays based on his lowest market value of the three. Salah goes because of all those reasons you said, plus he's got the highest market value. So he gets sold, and this is me fortune-telling here, gets sold because he's got the highest market value, sold for a reasonable price, not as good as he would have got last year. The money doesn't get back invested back in the team fully and then Kloppos out the door. It's the beginning of really? the end. Really? think
0: Klopp's gone.
1: Yep, because they'll sell Salah, and then they'll get themselves a nice little dividend because the Super League didn't work out, and that's all they're interested in. So let's move on. So West Ham, nil, Chelsea, one. Let's talk about the Chelsea performance before we get on to gravity. What did you make of this one, Sean?
0: <laughs> gravity. No, well, I thought Chelsea were value for the points. I think they, they probably deserved it um over West Ham I would, yeah I, would, I must admit I wanted a little bit more from um West Ham in this fixture I thought they would have put up a, a little bit more of a fight like they obviously had a couple of um injuries or a couple of people um missing from from this game but um Werner finally took his goal although when it came across to him I thought he's just going to lean back and he's going to go over the top but yeah he's good enough to keep his head over it missed a chance just after that too um, oh, that was terrible. So he could have had, could have had a double. Um, but, yeah, I think that Chelsea rolled out a strong team. Um, I'm not sure I was expecting them to rotate in this fixture, but, um, yeah, I was surprised that it was full strength at the same time. But, yeah, I thought they were full value for the points. And I think this really does dint West Ham's chances of a top four finish now.
1: You've got to you've got to admire Werner in a way. Like he's had a pretty rough time of it, but he he keeps getting on the end of things, doesn't he? He just keeps going and keeps trying.
0: It doesn't seem to dint his confidence.
1: No. It's real credit to him. What do you think, Barn?
2: I just I Especially now this result turned out the way it did. I think there's Chelsea are a lock for that top four. I think they're just too hard to beat. They're like they're not scoring as freely as you probably think they would but they're just so hard to beat and they just grind teams down and they just they'll nick a goal like they did and then they'll just lock it down more and more and yeah it would help if Werner could finish as you have both pointed out um but yeah they're just really really hard team to beat now um and I've really been really impressed with Mason Mount how good he's been and how he's actually been able to hold his spot even in uh in this team I thought he was a goner for sure when um Tuchel came in
0: He's the first one on the team sheet at the moment. Um, yeah, Mason, yeah, I think not only for England but, but for Chelsea. Um, Werner said that in the warm-up, Tammy Abraham came over to him and said, you're going to score today. And then he did a little bit of a, a run-through or whatever and then he got to the end. Callum Hunter-Dodoy also in the warm-up said to him, Timo, you will score today. And then so when he scored, that's why he pointed over the bench, pointed at those two.
1: Yeah, right. That's that's interesting. So maybe, because Tammy look, never looked like scoring, actually, Mr. Sitter, to be honest. Um, All right, so...
0: Oracle. Well, <laughs> you know, Oracle.
1: But, um, no, I agree with you, Barney, because I think, I think the important thing that Tuchel's done is really short up that defence. Frank Lampard um, critis- was criticised from day one for having a shit defence and just giving it no love.
2: By you. Um,
1: by me, heavily, and rightly so. But, like, the good, the better managers, I think, um, you know, Jose's probably not that class anymore, but they tighten up the defence first. Because they know they have good players going forward. And good players going forward, like play with freedom. Outside you know. of City,
0: they've got the best defense.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like, I, I'd believe that. Um, so, what did you boys make of the red card? And then, when does this
2: nonsense stop? Oh, my God. That was. That it's, was not it's, it's not the red card. It's the red card. It's not the It's not. I know. It, is, it, it, it was one of the most disgraceful bar calls I've ever seen. Actually, the fact they made him actually go over there and check. And then already puts doubt in his mind. And then the fact he followed through with it was absolutely shocking. I watched it like five times over, just being like, Okay, what's actually happened? Is there a, a like bit of vision I'm seeing that I'm I'm missing? And every time I'm like, nah, I'm missing something, I'm missing something. And he just he just cleared the ball. And then Chua puts his leg where his foot's coming down. He lands on it, obviously, like you mentioned, gravity, that old chestnut. And then he gets red carded yeah. for it. And Moisey is furious. Watch
1: him do his comments play? job. Uh, what's that? What <laughs> did
0: comments about
1: it? I, I thought he was. I thought he was bang on. It was a rotten decision. I was absolutely steaming because I've been pushing this narrative for weeks, where we're getting like really carried away with like how a challenge gets made and then what happens after. We're just like, oh look, you know, the defend the defender now can't make the challenge at all, even if he's the first person there. Like, how can the referee see that and be like? Yeah, this is a good call. Like, uh, this is a red card every day. Now- that was absolutely ridiculous. If anyone has a responsibility to pull, pull out there, it's Ben Chilwell. Like, Bell Buenegren is absolutely I, And nothing- that's what
0: you're saying, where you you're saying he's got – you're saying he's got a responsibility – Chilwell's got a responsibility to himself not to get himself hurt, which I completely agree with With that. And Moise's comments were bang on where he said that um, that decision was made by someone who's never played the game. And that's what it, it reeks of. It reeks of yeah, someone who doesn't understand football. And just doesn't uh, understand a contact
1: like. sport at all. Like there's inevitably going to be contact. Mm. Like that's just how the game is. But like, when, when, yeah. now we're like trying to make it so that – and there's like this narrative where we're trying to protect players to play so much that now defending is a dying art, and you can't defend at all um, with the penalty nonsense and with this like now all of a sudden every time someone follows through for a clearance, there, there's going to be a red like there's an, a red card hanging over you. It's just ridiculous. We just don't appreciate the art of defending no,
2: anymore. I How many times has a, have they been called over to the screen and they've actually not changed their decision or they've stuck with what they originally went with? I, I cannot remember the last time if it even has happened. Because yeah. like, as soon as they get caught over the screen, it's almost like they're feeling like they're forced to change their decision because they've taken the time and they've been called over. So even if it's they don't think it they just do it anyway almost. Oh, That's what it seems like.
1: It's just pathetic. It's so it's so frustrating. And it's like Bob Waynor now has to do out games. Like um what's his name from Leeds Mr. Manchester United game? And these are not even fouls. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on. So the um so Chelsea, as you said, I think they're pretty close to wrapping up fourth spot now. Fifty eight points, three points ahead of the Hammers, five games remaining. Um so tough times for West Ham, but a Europa League spot's a pretty good outcome. So let's move on to this one. I don't want to talk about this much, but Sheffield United won, Brighton nil. Sean, you wrote the Sheffield United boys off, but there's still hope, isn't
0: there? I the comeback's on. Um, so they're officially down now, aren't they? Mathematically, they are down. And yeah, I suppose it was nice for them to, to get a win, um, which probably hurts Brighton's chances of survival a whole lot, really, because... I think we're probably saying that Newcastle's safe now in 16th, 36 points, um, as you say, nine points clear of Fulham, whereas Brighton is still in striking distance for Fulham um, just at at seven points in front. So, yeah, like I don't think Brighton can stand still. Um, I think they they need to carry on and pick up some points and they would have been looking at this fixture thinking just that. So, yeah, like it obviously doesn't do anything for Sheffield United, but, um, yeah, it really hurts. Brighton's chances, even a point just would have been enough just to push away slightly from Fulham. So, yeah, I think that's probably the last um, sort of spot that Fulham can look to.
1: What do you think, Barton?
2: Yeah, Brighton, like, they play good football, but they've got no end product whatsoever. I mean, they had 17 shots to seven, but only four on target to three against Sheffield. Just, just really terrible in front of goals. And so their record against the teams that were in the four spots below them before the weekend. So that's Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield. Uh, Eight matches, no wins, six draws, two defeats. So that is a terrible record against the guys you're meant to be spanking each week, especially the football they play Yeah, and some of the players they got. It's just Uh, really bad
0: that the are you surprised that the the output from Brighton is so bad? Like you look at the players they got up front; they got like Welbeck, um, Trossard, um, Malpe, Lalana, um, Pascal Gross. Like they've got some players who can score some goals. So it is a bit unusual that the output is so low.
1: Luxury type players, but like for what for effectively a team that's going to be almost in a scrap. And it's like that weird balance between the two. But look. Um, I'm going to pull rank here and say we're not going to spend too much time on this, but Brighton still in strife, seven points up from Fulham, 17th. Sheffield United still dead last, and they would even if they won half of their games, they'd still be last at the end of the season. So let's move on to Wolves, nil, Burnley, four. Sean, I don't think I've heard the words Chris Wood hat-trick since his Leicester City days.
0: Leicester reject Chris Wood coming up with a first half hat trick, which is what I really enjoyed too. So, um, yeah, got the match ball all before half time. Um, on the comms for this game, I had um, Tim Sherwell um, dropping some um, absolute uh, gold nuggets here, right? So, you're thinking, oh, Chris Wood hat trick, how could he possibly leverage himself into this conversation? <laughs> well, he really was. This is a long bow, so stay with me. Well, <laughs> Chris Wood was at Leicester, right? And then Sherwell proceeds to tell a story about how when he was a gaffer at Spurs, he let Harry Kane out on loan to Leicester to play with Chris Wood. Chris Wood and him got on really well. Then he eventually swings back to, yes, that's a great hatchet by Chris Wood. And then like, <laughs> sitting on the couch <laughs> thinking, wow, that's a long bow. Tim, but um, yeah. I'm, glad yourself, I'm glad you got yourself in there and a little shout for Harry Kane as well. So. <laughs> um, that was probably my biggest takeaway from the game.
2: I don't think Harry Kane actually existed until Tim Sherwood became Tottenham manager. I think he, he sort of willed him into existence and that's that's how he, how he began life.
1: <laughs> I think Harry, but, uh, Harry Kane picked up the young player of the year or something, either Leicester or Millwall. So let's not be throwing barbs at Harry Kane. He's got a fine record.
2: That's because Tim Sherwood gave it to him. <laughs>
1: Um, no, look, it was good. It was good to see Chris Wood um, in the goals. He's he's a he's a real hard bastard, actually. And I enjoy watching him because he makes it very difficult for defenders. But jeez, Wolves were poor, Barney.
2: Oh yeah, I completely misjudged this game. I called it very boring game, nil all. Um, Chris Wood, obviously listening in, big fan of the pod. He uh, just turned the game on its head. But, yeah, no, very good performance by Burnley. But this does hop back to what I did say about Doshi knows what he's doing to get him up for the next season, and he's done it. Yeah. Well done, Sean.
1: Yeah, great work, Doshi. No, It's a big
2: factor, in all, in all seriousness, I think, In all seriousness, I think um, Willie Bolle, um had
0: a really bad game. There's, there's one instance that gets things over the top to Wood, I think it is for oh, – I can't even remember which goal it was, maybe the second one. Um, where he's, he's gone up for the header and then he's, he must have got a shout or something and then he's ducked underneath it. Ducked underneath it, it's rolled into Chris Wood and then he's just blasted across the um, the keeper. So yeah, I mean, Wolves just looked at the sixes, sixes and sevens. Um, Nuno you know, is steaming at the end of the game, really unimpressed with the output of Wolves and they're just like a shell of their themselves really compared to where they were. Was it last year or the year before where they really um, had a really good run? Potentially... Do you remember? Was it, I think it was last season where they played like all of those games. They had to qualify for Europe, so they went the long way round. They went deep in that competition as well, um, coupled with a couple of domestic cup runs and obviously the 38 games in the Prem. I think they played like a whole bunch of games. So potentially, what's happening there is all those games are you know piling up and catching up to to the players and, and getting in their legs because yeah, they they look tired. They look they look a little bit on the beach as well. I think I think they look they sort of look like a team where. You know, there's no ambition or nothing that they can do going forward to get into those um European spots. There's no chance of them going down and they look just checked out and a little bit on the beach, which is disappointing at this stage.
1: Yeah, I agree. I felt like they were just not there. Um, but they are, they are probably the only team in the Premier League that looks like they have <laughs> nothing to play for. Like they're in this weird 12th position and um, it's a bit tricky. Anyway, so Wolves go to – Wolves stay in 12th. Burnley up to 14th, charging towards Wolves. Uh, question marks over Europe, but look, let's move on. Leeds versus Manchester United, absolute crackerjack fixture here, Barney. What did you make of it?
2: Yeah, look, I think it was uh, pretty bloody boring. It was what you called was going to be match of the uh, match of the round, I believe. It was a chess match of the round, is
1: what I you're saw,
2: expecting I a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty boring. Um, not a whole lot happened, although you know it seemed like it was pretty even. Like not, It was sort of a bit back and forth. There wasn't like one team was really dominating, couldn't score. Um, but I have a great quote from uh, Ollie here. Um, this is him pre-game. Uh, he said, it's not going to be nil-all. I can guarantee it's not going to be nil-all. It's two teams who want to attack and attack as quickly as they can. So, uh, You're suggesting yeah,
1: the Serie of the early 2000s in there. Bit of match-fixing. Trying well, to try to throw know. the punters off.
2: I don't know. I know. I think I think we'll just let you take this one, Jova, because it was um it's right up your alley. This one.
1: Oh, it was so poor. The whole game was just bloody awful. Bruno Fernandez um was basically anonymous. Marcus Rashford looked lost. Luke Shaw sure looked like he was going to be the only avenue to goal, but Leeds weren't Leeds weren't particularly. Inventive. Um, yeah, look, the highlight. I, I don't know if you'll flick through the highlights of this game. But I actually was lucky enough to watch this live before the Caribbean Cup final. Um, and my God, it was boring. <laughs> One of the, Just so bad. And then the, the highlight of the first, I think it's the first half, was the um, ball hitting the arm of Luke Shaw. Sean, do you think that was a penalty?
0: That's a pen, mate. All day. That <laughs> is a pen. There's, there's a long way for the ball to travel till it gets to him. So he's got time to react to it. I think he moves his hand, arm or hand away from his body. And I think it, it stopped a chance for, I think it was Helder Costa, potentially, who was behind him. Um, so, yeah, stopped a chance, a long distance to travel, and I think he moved his arm towards the ball. Um, and, you know, in a VAR world that we live in now, I cannot believe that that was not given a penno That's a penno all day.
1: My blood is honestly boiling at the suggestion of this. You and you, you and the rest of your referees club that sit in your VAR room can make you ridiculous. I'm out there doing it. I'm a big lad that plays football. I understand what Luke Shaw's gone through. He's a broad man, Sean. You've got to understand that. I'm, um, <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna crack on because I really don't want to talk about this game. I stayed up late to watch this and it was absolutely shit. Sean, I'll give you 15 seconds to raise. and it's a Luke Shaw job, I'm going to cut you off.
0: Uh, No, it's a Dan James job. So a couple of times he got the ball played into him and lost the ball. I think there was one time in particular, I think Rashford was on the right-hand side, played it across with his right foot. Dan James probably should have taken the shot first time and he's taken a touch and then the ball got pinched. And what I noticed is a few of the players around him sort of threw their hands up and and rolled their eyes and you know flicked their – um, flick their hair back or whatever, the the side of him losing the ball. So I think, yeah, you could tell that the Manchester United players weren't that excited to have him on. Another point I want to – sorry. How, you how do a, you
1: find a spot for Dan James but you can't find a spot for Donny van
0: Well, that's what I'm coming to. Donny, watch. Oh. Um, one of our favorite segments on on this pod. Um, 89 minutes. Yeah, chuck Donny on. <laughs> Good luck with those two well, minutes, Donny. I was, I was
1: angry watching that. I was genuinely angry. I can't imagine how his family feels, but I was pissed off being like, that is disrespectful. To start Dan James and let him mm-hmm. run around, whatever he's doing, like chasing bloody frisbees or something, and Donny but you can't find a spot for him. That is outrageous. Like, I was genuinely angry. And then how late the subs were. Like, Cavani coming on the 80th minute for a game that's going absolutely nowhere. I was like, for fuck's sake, please, just help us out as fans. Like, give us something. Um, Anyway, Manchester United stay in second. Um, Leeds solidify into ninth, one point above Arsenal. Leeds obviously not in Super League contention, but Arsenal are just reinforcing that. So let's move on to Aston Villa 2, West Brom 2. Barney, you got this one completely wrong. This was an absolute cracker.
2: Yeah, it was it was an absolute cracker. Um, again, I probably thought this was going to be a bit more boring than it than it actually was. Um, you know, uh, yeah, West Midlands derby, but you know, two teams who one's already one's basically already down, and the uh, the other hasn't got much to play for. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good game. It was. I think, Sean, you called uh, El Ghazi for a goal. I think didn't you? I did. Yep. There you go, Penno, Lovely. Um, but, yeah, I think I honestly haven't got much more to say on this. I, t- I saw the highlights, didn't see much else. I uh, haven't got much else.
1: Very soft penalties, both of them. Very, very soft penalties. I was not happy with either yeah, of Yeah, no,
0: I agree. Very soft penalties. What did you make of uh, Ollie Watkins? I thought he was busy without getting a whole lot of rewards.
1: Yeah, I like Ollie Watkins. I think he could be on the plane, to be honest. I think he's, he's not Is in he, the top tier. Yeah. yeah, but I think he's in the next tier. I think he's jumped above Danny Inks. Like he's he's he's, he's yeah. a battler, like and he's getting there and he's improving. Danny Ings on the other side, like Danny Ings is going downhill a
0: little bit. I'd time. take, I agree. I would take Ollie before Danny Ings, but I'm not sure I'd take um, either of them really. But
1: yeah, I'd but probably Gen- call
0: Jamie Vardy out of retirement. You know what I mean? <laughs> All
1: right, let's, no, that's enough. All right, <laughs> so um, Aston Villa <laughs> go go to. So I think they sorry they stay in eleventh spot. West Bromwich Albion 19. Big Sam's up for the fight. They're uh, nine points behind Brighton for safety, but I'm tipping a big Sam resignation in a couple of weeks. Let's move on, boys, to the Champions League. Barney, you're probably not familiar with this competition. It's a Premier Cup competition in Europe. Um, this week we have Real Madrid playing Chelsea. Who do you like in this one, Sean?
0: Ah, uh, man. This, this is tough to pick this one because... How do you like after the Super League fiasco? I would have really enjoyed both teams to um, have lost, which obviously can't happen, but um, which is why I'm now a PSG fan in this competition because they didn't join. Um, So overall, I'm going for PSG for the whole tourney, but I think in this fixture, um, as good as Chelsea have been, I just there's nothing about Real Madrid in the Champions League, you just can't go past. Big fixture. Um, a man who has been there and done it and won it a bunch of times, Zizou. Um, and that's probably why I'm, I'm leaning towards Real Madrid, probably over the two legs. I'm brave enough to say that over the two legs, but not necessarily in this um, initial fixture. What do you think, Barney?
2: Yeah, I'm I, i um, I'm a bit torn because I, I, I agree with Sean. I think Real Madrid, it's very hard to go past them, especially under Zidane. To uh, you know, to go all the way in this competition, but I, I think Chelsea might, uh, I think it might be a draw this game, and I think Chelsea might edge it in the, uh, in the actual overall over both legs. I think they're very hard to beat at the moment. Um, they know exactly what they're doing. They're, um, they're all on the same page. And I think they are just and Real is sort of a bit, still a bit volatile. Even though they got obviously got all the way here, they're still a bit of a volatile team and could, you know, really throw up a bad performance. So I'm going to back, uh, draw this round and then Chelsea to go through overall.
1: Yeah, so look, I'm going to stick with my, I'm sticking with my previous tip of Chelsea here. Uh, Real Madrid haven't convinced me in this competition this year, even though they've got this far. They beat Liverpool, but Liverpool aren't what they were last year. I think the big absentee for me in this one is Sergio Ramos. So I have I remember last year, so I'm not sure if you remember Varane's... Um, little mishap last year that almost got him knocked out. I think he did get him knocked out against
0: yeah.
1: me. Um, he goes to water it without Ramos. did get him Ramos. knocked out, yeah. Yeah, so he goes to water without Ramos. I think that's going to be too much. I have really enjoyed the Chelsea that Thomas Tuchel has put together and I think they're going to have too much for Real Madrid. What do you got, Sean?
0: Um, the last time these two played each other um, was in 2013, Real Madrid 1-3-1. Um, and then in 2016, Real Madrid won
1: 3-2. Is that over two legs?
0: Uh, so that's just a home fixture So oh, wow. at, at the Bernabeu.
1: Yeah, I wonder mm. how much we can read in that. I, I just think, Chelsea, you're going to have too much for them. Um, all right, so I've got Chelsea. Sean, you've got draw. And Barney, you've got draw too, sitting on the fence bloody robotic coward. Um, all right. So let's move on. PSG versus Man City. So two little clubs that could. Um, got some financial backing here, Sean. They've got the uh, Elon Musk-esque wealth going head-to-head. Who do you like in this one?
0: Um, I'm probably leaning towards Man City, right? So – I'm just not sure whether they're going to play a striker in this. Um, like they they definitely won't play Aguero, and it's a matter of whether they play, um, Jesus or, or play like Foden up top or, or De Bruyne up top or something um, a bit unusual like that. I think this is one of those ones where I'm not sure Pep would like is going to overthink it or anything like that. Um, I think he should be able to keep his head on. I think it helps Man City that this is away first. I think they'll probably um go to PSG and probably looking just to get something. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll run them over um, when they come back to, to the Etihad um, Stadium. So I think, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable in saying Man City will get it done here, but I'm hoping that uh, PSG can get it done based on their absenteeism from Super League. What, what do you think, Job?
1: So I'm I'm going for PSG. Um, so I'm going for PSG to support them, and I'm also going for them to win the game. So they have something that Spurs don't. Uh, outside of, like, world-class players, and that's their brave. Like, those going forward, like, um, without I don't know if he's going to start Fernandinho, and I think that's going to be critical in this game because that back four is going to need protection against Neymar and Mbappe, and I genuinely think this game is made for Neymar to stand up and, like, really put in a performance. He was outstanding in the previous legs, um, and I think with Neymar and Mbappe hitting him on the counter, City are going to edge forward and do all their wonderful things with the ball. But well, I think PSG can just be so devastating on the counter attack with those two players, um, and Mbappe one on one. You just, I can't go past them. What do you think, Barney? How much are PSG going to win by?
2: I think what we saw this morning is that City bottle it in the big games. <laughs> um, that was clearly obvious. So I think that I, I, I am up for a PSG win here. I, I think they may just pluck one. Um, I, I, City look. Obviously, very good at the moment. They've just come off a big final win. Um, one person I wasn't very impressed with on their team was Kyle Walker, and I, 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 for like considering the level that the team was playing at this morning, I thought he was a bit below par uh, for them. And I think maybe he got a game in the final because he's uh, he's being rested for this this game. Um, yeah, when you, especially when you compare him to Jair Cancelo, who is just tearing it up on the other side on his. So probably non-preferred side as well as a right-footed left back, um, but I still think PSG will have a bit too much for them going forward. Um, it especially if John Stones is back in contention to play, then it's very risky for City if he's if he's in the back line because he uh, he over, overestimates his speed, by <laughs> long term.
1: overestimates his overall ability. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, John, like on no point away.
0: about Fennin. No, I don't. Um, on your point about Fernandinho, I think he's Fernandinho won't start. I think he'll go with uh, Rodri and Gundogan. Yeah,
1: I think so middle. too. I'm just, I do, I do worry whether Diaz and Stones will get the protection they need in this game. Um, and that, like that, as you said before, like if City don't play a striker, it's going to be very congested in there. So I just wonder if that, like that counter attack from PSG could just be so devastating. But I, I, I disagree with you, Barney. Yeah. I he'll go with Walker and Cancillo just for the pace. You yeah, like because yeah, he yeah. be kind of-
0: I think I think he'll report. Laporte won't play, so yeah. he'll go with Walker on the right, Diaz and Stones, and Cancelo on the left. I think he'll do Rodri and Gundogan, and then I think Mares, De Bruyne.
2: De Bruyne is injured. That's going to be filthy Foden. De Bruyne, did he get injured this morning?
1: No, I think he's injured already, isn't he?
2: No, he played this morning. No, he oh, played. Shit. So, yeah. And then, yeah, and I, then I, I thought, thought he was
0: out. on one side and Jesus up top. That's what i will do. Uh,
1: yeah. So, so to Stockport, Stockport Messi gets a start in the big one. All right. So, Stockport. I think so. We've got um, PSG for me, PSG for Barney, and Sean's going with Man City. Is that right? Man City. On the road, that's going to be risky. In- Beautiful parry. All right, so let's move on to the Premier Cup competition of Europe. So we have the Europa League. Oh, so I think this was the original plan for the Super League, but um, didn't come together. So look, we've got Manchester United versus Roma. Who do you like in this one, Sean?
0: Well, man, you surely you can beat Roma. Surely. Um, I'm not sure I'm inspired by um, the most recent performance against Leeds, but. Yeah, I think with a couple of changes to the Manchester United team, I think they should have enough to get over Roma. Um, especially at least in this first leg, and we'll see what happens after that.
1: What do you reckon, Barney? You're a man who is a big fan of Eden Jacko. You even slightly resemble him with your with your height. What do you think?
2: I think this has uh, a Man United win written all over it, and it could even be a comfortable win two, three nil. And then you'll Ooh. see an absolute capitulation in the second leg. With Roma coming back in the in the uh, in Fergie time to really stick it to United and make it into the final, I think that's that's written all over this this semi final. and I'll, I, could, I could be completely wrong.
1: You boys, you are completely wrong. Uh, I can tell you that now. Um, I'm not sure of how long or how good your memory is, Barney. But the last capitulation in a Manchester United Roma game was very much from Roma, and they lost seven one, and Michael Carrick bagged the double. So. Bit of a history lesson for Two great it. goals I, by
0: Carrick then too.
1: Yeah, and it was it was a precious memory of mine that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to go with Manchester United too at home. Please, God, it has to be a better performance than the one on the weekend. Um, and hopefully Paul Pogba gets a start as well and Cavani, so we might see some goals. Um, all right, so next one, Real Arsenal. Barney, I know you favour Arsenal in this one, but why? Uh,
2: I like... Uh, Villarreal in this one, I think it's a pretty spicy uh, semi-final with you know um, Unai Emery coming back to face his old team, and I think he's um, he's got some grievances he's got to sort out. <laughs> so I could see Villarreal uh, definitely winning this one. I think.
1: Really, that's a big, that's a brave tip, Sean. What do you reckon?
0: I'm torn between um, hoping for an all English final and then sort of going against the Super League participants um that is arsenal so you know i'm sort of torn between um yeah what i want the outcome to be here but i think what is going to happen is i think virial will be too strong for arsenal just their last few games arsenal have just been terrible um i I, there's no bamyang to come back yet um he's still got malaria i think it is so yeah i just can't see a way in for arsenal i just can't see where their goals are going to come from so, I'm going to, especially in this first leg, go for um, VRL.
1: Yeah, I'm in the VRL camp too. There's a bit of a Spurs flavour at uh, VRL too. So, Juan Foyth and Etienne Capoue are both playing at VRL. I actually think VRL are going to have too much quality for Arsenal, which will be good to see. Um, and I just think Arsenal's defending was so shambolic on the weekend that it just can't get any worse. But I still think VRL
0: you think it's very real. Um What do you think Emery will um, welcome the Arsenal players? What type of greeting do you think he'll go with when they turn up?
1: Good evening. What do you think? <laughs> a cold, a cold. Emery. Good evening.
2: Good evening. I think it might be a. I think it might be a kidney punch as they walk away.
1: <laughs> oh, well, things have improved good dramatically evening. since I left. Um, all right. So look, that's that's all we've got. So um, no multis or anything this week, Sean.
0: No multis unless we all just want to do one on the fly. So Barney will get his phone out and type this in. um, And then I'll give a tip. Jobber, you give a tip. And then Barney, you give the tip and then tell us how much this is going to
2: pay. Just give me me one minute. Give me one minute to uh, find one of my seven sports bet apps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I am going to tip
0: Leicester to beat Crystal Palace tomorrow morning.
1: Oh, shit. That's brave.
0: So. Yeah, so I've got Leicester to beat Palace. Um, Jobber, what are you thinking? Pick your game and uh, your result.
1: All right, so I've got PSG to beat Man City, which is going to get you $3.15 straight, straight up. up. So $3.15 into Kylian Mbappe to score any time. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? That'll get you about 6 bucks, I think, to the dollar.
0: And, and the then you've got – add, add, add the Leicester game to that, can you? And then Barney, who are
2: you going with? Uh, I'm going with Man United to win. Oh, right. but, that'll, get, that'll
1: get you better than uh, By,
2: by two, goal, two goals or more.
1: Oh, shit, Ooh, hang on. Spicy. Yeah, and I, you said Ole's the best manager in Europe off-air, but I didn't think you really meant it. All right, so if you want to get in touch with the show, what's that, Barney? What's the final number on that so I know Friday morning if I have to go to work.
0: Yeah, so I've got Leicester Uh, to beat Palace. Uh, Joba had PSG to beat Man City, and Mbappe to score, and then Barney, you had Manchester United to win, and what was the other one?
1: By two goals or more.
0: By two goals. Two goals or more
1: yeah jeez that's to, that's, that's uh, good team that's brave i don't think i that's oh shit if that if that honestly if that comes through i'll have the same influence as um as warren buffett on the financial markets
2: i believe that's uh at about 10 to 1 that one so oh that's juicy
1: all right, look, so, so if you want to get in touch larger. with us, it's 10 to 1. So you want to get in touch, email is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram is at footballonpaper. Uh, Facebook, paper And Twitter, at footballonpods. Thanks, boys. Have a good week.
2: Cheers,
0: guys. Have a good week and give us a review. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars only.